What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late-night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. Guys, I'm just freaking excited. Are you guys freaking excited? It's guy love between two guys. I thought about it. That's someone who can harmonize with me there. It's kind of disappointing. Well, there's four of us. I mean, we could have an acapella band. Yeah, we could call them the Blanks. I thought they were called the Peons. They are in, in the show. Oh, in real life. Yeah, they're the Blanks. Yeah. Hibbleton is the janitor's uh, quartet. All right, because there's only three of them. Yeah. I'd say we're the best acapella group in the hospital. Uh, so obviously today we are talking about Scrubs, one of the one of my favorite shows. I think one of Steve's favorite shows, and possibly now one of Chris's favorite shows because we just caught him uh, finishing off the final, actual final season, not the ninth season of Scrubs, but the actual final season, which is the eighth season. Um, even if you ask the actors that were in the show, they would say we don't talk about the ninth season. So I'm just going to put that one out there to start, but. So should we should we address let's address that immediately. I mean it's it's the elephant in the room. What well, so um I'll probably mention the uh I think it, I don't know the name of so Zach Braff and Donald Faison have a Scrubs podcast. Um and they release like, release like four episodes and in the first episode they like talk about how bad the ninth season was and um well they recently got together at like some sort of festival, the whole crew, the whole cast. And it's the first time they had gotten together. And that was like one of the first things is the moderator said, like, you know, it ran nine seasons and like Zach Braff, like cuts and he's like, no, 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 eight seasons. We don't talk about the ninth season. So I think Steve has a different opinion though. I, I, I mean, okay. Let me preface this by saying I enjoy some of the ninth season and I'm actually surprised to hear them talk about it that way. Like I, t- like, I don't I, think, it's- I don't think they wanted to do it. They closed it so well. They obviously got, yeah, and there's definitely that element. Like, But some of them obviously got paid and chose to do it. So it's like nobody, like Carla didn't do it. So they weren't being forced. So Did you, did both of you watch it in real time? No. I did. Okay. Do you, do you recall like what the reason was for the ninth season? Like, so supposedly they, supposedly Bill Lawrence, the creator, wanted to, spin it off like it would have been considered a separate show and the network forced him to continue it as the same the same show so i think history would have looked at it a little differently if it had been framed in that way yeah, it would have been um, a joey the friends spinoff it would have been I, I i just don't think there was any way they could have done it. it it needed to be done the show needed to be done in my opinion i thought they had one of the best finales ever they brought back like some 60 some cast members for that final scene with JD and as scrubs does it got really deep and there was you know the the guy tearing down the curtain was Bill Lawrence like at the end of that episode so there's there's it just it seemed to me like it was a cash grab and i get it like it's popular it was popular at the time and this was scrubs was sort of a a show like Brooklyn 99 where it moved networks right cuz um they went from NBC to ABC and I was just watching something. It was a behind the scenes when they went to the Bahamas. And if you watch that episode like on TV, because it was on ABC, they would not let them show Todd in his banana hammock. 
So it's like cut from like him above the waist, which is like super weird, but they're like Disney wouldn't let it go. Like so that was that was interesting. So I think the I think it suffered quality big time when it when it moved over. But I will say the finale was great. Yeah, they were definitely like a lot of sitcoms sort of a victim of their own success. Like it may have drug on a little bit longer than it should have. I will say it's unfortunate that med school is not looked better upon because I do really like some of the characters in that season. Like Dave Franco, I think is hilarious in that. And uh, Michael Mosley, who's been in some other shows like Ozark and Sirens, like his, his character is really funny too. Like he's older and got kicked out of med school the first time and went to prison for a while and has all these weird, like dark tidbits that he dropped. Like I, why are you scared of kids? Like I got stabbed by a 12 year old. Like, he's uh he's he hooks up with Joe, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean I would have been happier if they would have kept Aziz Ansari's character around. I was disappointed they got rid of him. Yeah, I did like him too in the previous season. Well, maybe he got picked up by Parks and Rec. When did Parks and Rec start? That's definitely possible, but they got rid of him before he got picked up by something. I mean, they fired him, essentially. But it's good that they did, because, you know, Tom's character was better than Big Ed. True, true. Um, so let's talk about seasons we did like, though, and episodes we did like instead of the negative. I know Steve does like the ninth season for some so I just reason. want to before we get into episodes and characters and things like that. Um, I just kind of want to talk about like because you guys are huge fans for you know a long time. Steve was saying he was watching it in real time, and I think for me the reason why I never got into the show until now until you guys kind of forced me to. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but was because I felt like I never watched it from the beginning. So I was always watching random ass uh, episodes. Yeah. Right. It's not a good or, one to jump in on. Yeah. And, you know, if, and, you know, maybe if you watch an episode like all the way through, but like you come in like five minutes late and you don't know the characters, you don't know the damn dynamic between the janitor and JD, you don't know the dynamic of uh, JD and Turk. And you're just like, what is all this goofy ass shit that they're doing, you know? Um, but coming at it, you know, and I've you know probably watched 165 episodes in the last like three four weeks, you know, all all those character relationships and the dynamics and all the inside jokes, like those slowly built up. So I mean, it's it's a great show in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, to to kind of pile on top of that uh bill lawrence during this uh q a thing that they were doing one of the questions was like at what point did you realize you could go like super goofy because if you remember the show starts off like the third episode like the whole premise of that episode is that one out of three patients that come into sacred heart are going to die so you kind of follow the doctors with their three patients assuming that one of the three is going to die at the end of the episode all three die so it's like you can tell it's yes it's a comedy but it's also got this, like, I don't want to say dark side, but, like, a serious side that is very legitimate from everything I've read. One of the one of the comp- biggest compliments I've read of this show is how accurate it is medically compared to other shows. It's sort of like when people say that Veep is way more accurate than, like, West Wing. Um, it's just interesting because you don't necessarily see life like that. So, um, and again, to, you know... Uh reference the uh zach braff podcast they had bill lawrence on and 
you know, they had mentioned the exact same thing that a lot of people in um, the profession are like, this is probably the most accurate medical show, even though it's so goofy. And his intention was, well, we can do something so fucking out there, so weird and goofy, but let's counterbalance that with something super accurate. So it was his intention to like go out and get, you know, doctors at consultants and things like that. Um, and then say like, okay, like what, what are the real diseases? Like what's the real treatment for this? Not just make up bullshit. Um, and cause you guys know that this show is like based off of like his best friend, right? Yeah. So there is like a real JD and a real Turk and a real Elliot. Yeah. But the real JD and his wife, Elliot, were both like the main consultants for the show, which is pretty cool too. And Turk is white, so that's weird. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. It kind of ruins yeah. it. Turk and JD. Right, yeah. yeah, you can't have two vanilla bears. Like, that just doesn't work out. No. Um, well, okay, that was a good, good base talk, but let's start to jump or let's start to dive in a little bit. Um, what would you say one of your favorite episodes is, Steve? Uh, so this one is kind of to Chris's point. Like, I feel like this is one of those shows where all of the funny, like your good funny episodes, which I think it is very consistently good and funny throughout most of the show, sort of blend together for me. And then the ones that stand out are either the super serious ones or the other weird ones where they play around with different structures. So one of my favorites right off the bat is the musical episode. Yay. Uh, <laughs> That's on my list too. Really? Yeah. I'm just watching that one now because I knew you guys liked it, so I started to rewatch it. And I, I just don't see it. Even that episode, like I love it, but I skip probably half of it when I go back and rewatch it. Um, but like there are a couple of songs in that episode that are so good that like I mean, Guy loves in that. Right? I'll just remember them forever. Yeah, Guy love, and then. Everything comes down to poo are pro probably the best. I I hate musicals, to be honest with you. If my wife puts on a movie and like ten minutes in I find out it's a musical, I'm fucking pissed off, right? Um so I was actually anticipating that I was gonna hate this episode. Um and especially since oh, and just to just to mention this, Dan had put together a curated list for me to watch his you know favorite episodes or episodes that he thought you know best portrayed the series i never even looked at the list because the second that i sorry dan sorry to waste your time um you're in quarantine you got plenty of time but uh i just didn't i just didn't i just didn't want to be persuaded to you know or influenced on whether or not like something's going to be a good episode. And then you guys had mentioned the musical and you kind of like huffed like, ah, oh, the musical, but I was, I surprisingly liked it. You know, like I'm not a musical guy. I just thought like all oh, the songs were really fucking well-written, you know? Well, you guys, I mean, you guys are not alone. The thing won like five Emmys, like that one episode. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and it's like, and I, I can't remember, I think it was Rolling Stone or someone else had put it in like their top 100 TV shows of all, or TV show episodes of all time. Like it is very well thought of. So I'm kind of alone in that. I, I just don't like the musical thing because none of them are singers. None of them are dancers. None of them are like the people around them. Sure are. But like in that episode, like, you know, it's like Carla's like sitting down like half the time. She's a broken pelvis in real life. So like she can't even move. Um, What's her, what's her name? Ellie she can't sing 
I mean, and Zach Braff is always like two steps behind Donald Faison. So I like that's those are the things that like annoy me because like I think when I think of like musical episodes, I think of like that '70s show they did one where it was like a '70s variety show, and everyone but like and Red couldn't dance to save his life. Kitty was always I, like I those are the things that just annoy me, and it's like Scrubs was so perfect in so many ways that. I just didn't think they needed to do something like that. Like, I get it. Like, it's super creative, and it was, like, written by one person, I guess. The the person who wrote it, she wrote the entire thing, all the lyrics, everything, except for the, like, tones and melodies. And that was somebody from the from Ted's band that helped out with that. So, like, it was done completely in-house, and, like, it's super impressive. I get what they were going for. It's just not it's just not really my thing. I'm sort of like you, Chris, where I just don't – I don't like musicals. And for whatever reason, this one didn't, didn't – don't, don't get me wrong. There are some great songs. Guy Love is phenomenal. Everything Comes Down to Pooh is pretty funny. But I don't know. It's just weird. It, it's – I also like – and I have to understand it's a TV show. I get that. But, like, I also think, like, oh, this woman collapses in a park right next to two doctors. That's super convenient. Like, things like that just bug me. And, like, so not one of my favorite episodes. Probably one of my least favorites, to be honest. Like, I'm literally rewatching it right now leading up to this. And I just could not get into it. Have you guys seen commercials for this new show, um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? Yeah, it looks stupid as hell. Well, yeah, I saw the commercial for it, and I'm like, this is this is the the musical episode of Scrubs. This is they straight ripped off that premise for that show. Like she hears singing. Oh, really? And everyone else is singing, and that yeah, that's the whole plot of the show. If you're gonna rip something off, I guess that's something that won a bunch of Emmys. Is a good thing to rip off. Fair enough. Uh, any favorites from you, Chris? I actually have uh, several um, episodes that 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 stood out to me. One of them was a musical. Um, the other one um, for me was, and you mentioned it a minute ago, was My Old Lady, right? Which oh yeah, it was the first season. In the first season is probably I don't know episode three or four, um, and for me that introduced like the um the way that JD would relate to his patients, you know, and that's like the one thing I actually like about his character is um how he relates to the the patients. You know, he's got this old woman who's like super nice and he's trying to show by the way, she's the secretary from West Wing, just for your reference. Okay, great. Um, but uh, you know he, you know he's trying to, you know he's an uh, intern basically, right? And he's just trying to like show off that he's got some authority and things like that. And like you said, like in the beginning, they were talking about you know one in three patients die, and I think that like it set the tone for me of like okay, this is gonna be a balanced show of really cute hilarious moments but like serious undertones um and uh that just like yeah that that really established a base for the whole series for me and like you know after watching it i was like wow that was that was a good episode well well done yeah agreed and the funny thing is, is they bring humor into that episode too there are they're still making jokes they're still jd still goofy it's early jd so he's not like season five or six goofy but he still has that that funny side of him, and that's one of the things I like about his character is that he does have this funny side, 
but he's still actually a really good doctor. And they try to do that under, like, they don't necessarily come out and say that all the time, but you can see it through the things that he does that he's actually, he's doing really well and has the respect of not necessarily, like, the people he works with as friends, but as a colleague because people don't don't like him um, that work in Sacred Heart. Um, so for my favorite episodes, um, one of the big things that I take into account is the guest stars that it has. I think Scrubs has, like, some of the best guest stars uh, ever. So I'm going to take actually two episodes here. Um, season 3, episode 12. Season 3, episode 13, My Catalyst and My Porcelain God. Um, those are the episodes with Michael J. Fox as Dr. Kevin Casey, the doctor with OCD, who, again, connects with JD, helps him, pretty much helps everyone around the hospital except Elliot. And the one thing he wants to do before he leaves is is to go to the bathroom on the on the roof toilet um, that the janitor, of course, has set up. Um, so in those two episodes, you get to see because Dr. Kevin Casey is both a surgeon and uh, what's the medical doctor, I guess. That's not correct at all, but he's a surgeon and a regular doctor. That's probably the best way to say it. And he's really, he's awesome. He's like a rock star in the community or in the, in their workplace, but he has like this crippling OCD and it's Michael J. Fox. I'm pretty sure it was relatively long after he was diagnosed and it was well, people are well aware that he had, you know, Parkinson's, right? Is that right? Oh yeah. yeah. He definitely had Parkinson's at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, but they sort of incorporated that into his character's weird quirks. And I thought it's one of the last things that he's did according to his IMDb page. And I thought he was amazing in that role and he wound up helping Elliot in the end. And he sort of touched everybody at the hospital in a different way. And um, I don't know, I was kind of disappointed he never came back, but I really enjoyed his, his character. And I thought those, those were a couple of my favorite episodes. Yeah. One of the questions I was going to ask you was who was your, your favorite um, guest star on the show? And, you know, mine was Michael J. Fox. Cause I think they did a good job of, you know, bringing his character in well and there's like this three episode run in my opinion it's it's probably my favorite three episodes because episode 14 is my screw up and that's you know the ultimate scrubs episode that everybody talks about and i'm sure it was probably on both of your guys's list um that's the one with brendan brendan fraser right and where he dies and it's the party for for um Dr. Cox's son and they totally pulled the twist on you at the end where Ben is dead the whole time pretty much you know after we think that JD his screw up was the do- the guy with the heart condition that it wound up dying but it was actually Ben that they couldn't revive he went into cardiac arrest and we see Ben sort of trail Perry the whole time and Perry's angry at JD for whatever reason for for Ben's death and it's just I think it's an incredible episode yeah, I agree. That's on my list as well. Um, the other one, I'll just uh, my other two episodes I really liked was. Well, can I just say, can I just say a quick note about that episode if we're going to move on? Sure. Um, did you notice when you were watching it that in the beginning of the episode, Ben was saying or he took a picture of everybody, and JD said something to the effect of, "Oh, I still got your camera," and he's like, "Yep, till the day I die." And then whenever you see him after that, he doesn't have his camera. So that's when he dies. Is when he doesn't have his camera on. And he's not taking pictures and he's not doing anything. And they pull that twist ending on you where I, I just think that's a phenomenal episode. The little detail and everything they did was so good. And it just wound up hanging off because I've, I've rewatched that, you know, a dozen times probably. And it's I pick up different things every time. Yeah. Brent, Brendan Fraser kind of fell off the face of the planet. Like he has 
not been in anything in, in quite some time. You could probably Google, and there's, like, several articles about, like, what happened to Brandon Frazier, because he was, like, you know, everyone loved him, you know? Like, he's just a likable actor. Yeah, I think he went through a really nasty divorce and lost a lot of money or something to that effect. Or, you know, once you are a multimillionaire, you don't necessarily have to work. That, too. Uh, and this is probably going to be on Steve's list, too, but... um. I really liked the My Princess episode, and um, that was the episode where it was um, Dr. Cox telling the fairy tale to his son. Oh, I do not like that episode. I don't either, Steve. There we go. <laughs> Same page. Finally. Well, you, you say you hate that? I, I don't, I wouldn't say I hate it, but I do not care for that episode. I think for me, because I was pounding through so many episodes that were, it was a completely different format. It was actually like refreshing to me, which is maybe why I like the musical. Like typically I don't like when shows um, go away from their typical format, right? Like I'll just share an example of like Mr. Robot. The one episode where they did like the flashback where it was like a 90s sitcom and everyone thought that was great. I actually didn't really like that episode, but I feel that because for me, everything was the same, the same, the same, the same. And then they like threw in this like fairy tale story and, you know, the characters were just quirky and weird. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I just liked it. And then the other one that I really liked was their story part one not part two and that was when they took um jordan todd and ted and like acted their um i guess inner monologue fantasies out verse you know instead of jd and i think they've done that several times um i know there's like his story and her story so they like you know uh switch who's getting the getting the focus of their inner monologue or whatever um but for whatever reason like i don't know i just really like like that and again that could be the same formula right where i'm watching the same shit same jd same turk and then they throw this in and it's different so that just stood out to me yeah you're you're totally right like good or bad like there's so many episodes in a season of scrubs that a lot of them just kind of blend together other than these weird ones like I definitely remember that episode and it sticks out and the Wizard of Oz one too. Like I that sticks out. Yeah. That's a great episode. That's a that's a great episode. I actually forgot about that one. Um so another one I had on my list, uh, and I think Dan said um the episode where Brendan Fraser dies is like the Scrubs episode. I think that's true along with this other one called My Lunch. Uh which ends with the very famous scene of um, three patients rapidly dying because they gave them organ transplants that had rabies because um, Dr. Cox was so fixated on curing all of these people. Very famous scene of the last person dying and uh, how to save a life playing and Dr. Cox flipping over the tray and all this stuff. Like, ridiculously good episode. In addition to the guest stars, it was a phenomenal episode. Couldn't agree more. One thing that Scrubs is awesome with throughout the entire show is music. They always have the best song for the right moment. 
um, there's an episode, I can't remember the, the episode number, but it's, um, oh my, oh, they play the song, or Citizen Cope, they play, uh, These Feelings Won't Go Away by Citizen Cope, and it's when Dr. Kelso basically makes the decision to let one patient die to help another patient, and when he leaves the hospital, oh, it's called Sideways, I'm sorry, it's called Sideways by Citizen Cope, and basically it's this whole scene of, of Dr. Kelso watching this person die because he had to make this decision to help someone else. And then walking out of the hospital and the second his foot hits the ground, he doesn't have a care in the world. But in, in actuality, he stops for a moment, looks around, and you can tell he does have some humanity because that's one thing about Dr. Kelso is I think he's a great character, but it's sometimes it's like, how could somebody be that way towards Ted or towards whatever? But again, I have to remind myself it's a TV show, obviously. But that's one moment where he shows humanity. And I thought it was a great moment and a perfect song in the background, just like How to Save a Life. I mean, that was the perfect song for that moment. And um, to kind of piggyback off that, one of my other favorite episodes is is the one right after that is My Fallen Idol, um, where Dr. Cox shows up drunk to work. Um, everybody basically forms a coalition to help him out. They all work in shifts trying to get him back to normal and nothing nothing works. Nothing can get him out of his funk except JD comes in and does what JD does. He bears a soul and brings Dr. Cox back from the brink. And by the, by the end of the episode, I think he's back in a lot of ways. And that's one thing about Dr. Cox. I think he's another great character, but he has so many ups and downs. I mean, with the Ben thing and, and he doesn't really have any like middles. It's always, it's always a very high or very low with him. Um, and Jordan, which by the way, did you guys know that that's Bill Lawrence's wife? Yes. Um, just a little fun fact, but so uh, I just want to jump back real quick because I have uh, two things to say related to what you guys were just talking about. So bummer for me, and I just found this out because Zach was talking about it on his podcast, that, and you're right, show's got great music. But since the show was from like, you know, 2001, early 2000s, they didn't license the music for streaming because that wasn't a thing. So the version on Hulu, which is where I watched it, has different. I don't know, like oh really? It's not every song, but there are some songs that they couldn't get, and the only like true version like is on iTunes, or I guess if you have DVDs or pirated or whatever. I have all the DVDs if you want to borrow them. See, that's that's interesting because I had actually heard that before too, and I I just rewatched. I didn't rewatch the whole show, but I rewatched. I don't know, probably a quarter of it within the last month, and I never noticed anything different. So I wonder if. It's a lot like the big songs they kept and some of the more backgroundy songs are different. And since Zach is so close to the music, like he notices it more. But yeah, like I've seen the show probably 10 times through and I nothing ever fell off. So, well, there, there's definitely uh, so I'm a huge um, Garden State fan. And there's at least two or three songs from the Garden State soundtrack like that were on Scrubs. Now, I don't know if they were on the original run and or second time around um zach was just like hey you know why don't we use this song or whatever um but yeah so i don't know i think maybe at some point i will rewatch it and try to watch the original version just to see if you know there's some songs i missed um but but so you were talking about um or was it was it steve who was talking about the my lunch episode steve. Which is, by the way, the, Wait, the number I, one yeah. episode on episode.ninja. 
Yeah, we were. Yeah, I think I'm sure Dan would have mentioned it if I had. So that's the episode. That's the episode where the blonde girl from Mad TV. Yeah, Jill Tracy. Yeah. yeah. So one, I really liked her as a recurring character. Yeah, she was great. You know what I mean. She, her and Elliot played off each other well. Well, and that's what part of what throws you off in like of the tone of that episode immediately is like she's this really goofy like annoying character that they bring back and it's like so you super don't expect it to go the, well she dies of an od right? that it ends up going oh no she dies of rabies no she dies of yeah I no, think she has, she she's overdoses. the one that no they thought she overdosed but she died of rabies that's right yeah um yeah, because well, but that's one interesting interesting you say that because in the earlier seasons where she was part of when she was in the show, she tried to kill herself. So I mean, her character definitely had some some ups and downs. I mean, when we first hear she's the super fast talking, can't get off her phone, can't sell anything. Then Ellie comes in the room, they talk at super fast speed, and like again, they play off each other really well. And then they get away from that dynamic when she comes back, and it's more of her interacting with JD and Doctor Cox, uh, which is interesting. It's an interesting choice, but. Um, having her come in to be that person, I don't, I wonder what sparked that. I mean, there's so many things in the show where it's like, how did they come up with that? But like to think there was, there was another, um, guy from, and I'd have to look it up, but there was another guy, an actor from Mad TV that was a recurring character, but he played different characters. Like he was like the tall dude from Mad TV. I can get his name in a second. Um, but he played like several different characters and it was like so weird. And I noticed it because I watched the, um, you know, the show, I binge watched it. So I was able to see like, Hey, that guy was on like two seasons ago as a different, um, it was, character. is it the delivery guy? No, not the delivery guy. Hold on. Oh, my Michael McDonald. What are you? You know who I'm talking about, Steve? Dif- yeah, different Michael McDonald. Um, until you find that, Chris, I I do have a question for you, actually. Yes, Michael McDonald. Okay. Um, as somebody who watched the show for the first time, did anything catch you by surprise? Like, I'm thinking of one episode in particular, but I'm curious if it registered with you or if anything. What do you mean, call me by well, surprise? Well, like, when they go serious, like you don't necessarily see it coming. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. The episode I'm thinking of is My Long Goodbye, um, season six, episode 15, where um, Nurse Robertson dies. And I thought. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say yeah, that. Did that surprise what you? What was her first name? Uh, Laverne. Laverne. So, one, I was like, what the fuck? Because like, they're pretty, you know, casual about letting patients die, right? A lot of patients die, you know? Which I like because, you know, I feel that that adds realism to the show, um, whether or not the patient dies on screen or off screen. Because, like, there's been tons of times where they were just like, because, like, from the medical standpoint, they don't focus on, like, oh, hey, I'm doing all, I'm doing this procedure, right? It's not like an ER where, like, ER, like, focus so much on someone's, someone's shot, blah, blah, blah. This was more about like the diagnosis of things. And there were so many times where one of them had to say, you have Huntington's disease, you know, or your mom has Huntington's disease and she's going to die or your son's paralyzed. Right. So there was a lot of like very serious 
moments. And La- is La- Laverne, right? That was her name. So Laverne. Yeah, because then he, because then she comes back and he calls her. Laverne well, again. I mean, I think that it was a good, um, it was a good tie-in because the previous episode, or maybe it was the yeah, same. Yeah, I know episode, exactly where you're going. But it was like the whole like this happens for a reason. Um, Yes. So she's like interacting with Dr. Cox. Like why? This little um, girl got in an accident or she got stabbed. She got stabbed and they did us like a head scan, CT scan or something. And, um, uh, found out she had like a brain tumor. And if she hadn't gotten stabbed, she probably would have died from the brain tumor. Um, but her, so did you know that the reason why they killed her off? Cause they thought the show was going to get canceled. Yeah. I know they thought at the end of season six that it was over. And then again, at the end of season eight, so they did like two finales. Like the end of season six, they were ready to wrap it up for good too. But I didn't know that that's why they killed her off. I just assumed that it was. Yeah, I was just doing some research on some facts today, and um... I mean that's a super my my long goodbye is a super super sad episode. I mean again, you have Laverne following Carlo around as sort of like a ghost. The same thing that Ben did with um, Doctor Cox. So they sort of went back to that, and then. At the end, you finally have Carla break down and, and give this goodbye, and Carla goes, or I mean, and Nurse Robertson goes. And to me, the voiceover in that episode, sometimes at the end of episodes, like JD will get me, like right in the heart, where he's like, ask any doctor, and you'll know that sometimes patients just wait for the right person to say goodbye before they leave. And Carla says goodbye, Laverne like immediately dies, you know, or, or she's, she, her pulse goes, and, uh, you hear JD saying that and like, it just reminded me of, of things that have happened in my life. And I don't know, I, I found the ending of that episode to be very touching. And Judy Reyes is just a phenomenal actress. Like she absolutely was incredible in that moment. And she's, she doesn't have like many moments to shine in the show. I don't think because she's not necessarily very funny, but she, she's the, she plays the straight person and she sort of brings everybody back down to earth. And I think that's, uh, I mean, that's so needed in a show like this where things are going crazy. Did you know that Laverne is a secretary, plays a secretary on Scrubs? Or not Scrubs, on Suits? No. I don't watch Suits. I just want, I just want to let you know okay. that. Thank you. Um, so th- these aren't um, uh, these aren't episodes. Well, they're in episodes. I don't know what episode they're from, but there's scenes that really stood out that I liked. Um, one was Turd and Todd Kung Fu Fighting. Turd? Like Did you said turd? Turk. Oh, I thought you said turd. I heard turd. Maybe I, I heard did. turd I'm too. Scotch heard... right now. I've got a whole bottle of scotch and I'm doing a lot of drinking. I'm doing quarantine drinking. Um, but Turk and Todd, probably because Todd's got two D's, so I was just throwing one in there. Um but yeah, do you remember that that scene when they were doing the kung fu fighting? Like that was fucking like awesome. Yeah. Like I, I was just pumped for that. And the other one um, and I have no idea the like the before scene that got into this JD like fantasy, but he's like the king of chocolate or something, <laughs> oh, yeah. and he like grabs Turks. How hand am I supposed to write this memo? And, and eats the eats his chocolate hand. Um, and that was funny. And on a side note, this is one of the notes I wrote down. There is a ton of blackface on Scrubs. I can think of at least at least three cases of blackface. At Let me least. try to guess. Um, when JD goes to the frat with Turk in whiteface. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Doesn't Elliot do it at one point too? Elliot oh, does yeah. the blackface <laughs> to make which out is with real disturbing. To make out with uh, Carla, and then I what? Who else what was the third? Oh no, because Elliot no, is no, half Elliot Turk, was making half, out with. Yeah, yeah he's ha- he's half Turk, half Elliot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkey. No, he makes out with JD. Yeah, picturing her, picturing her each time, but the third time she's black. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a that brings up a good point. What are some instead of episodes? What are some of your guys' favorite like fantasies? of JD's or anyone else. I mean, cause there are some pretty wild ones. I'll just go off the bat. One of my favorite, like recurring ones is the floating head doctor. Um, I don't know why it's just so goofy. I hate the, I hate the floating I head love doctor. the floating head doctor. When he goes and sings karaoke while the other one is like cleaning dishes or something. Hey buddy, come on. And he fight with the guy. Oh, it's just great. I'd love to see the filming of that. Maybe cause it was like such a cheesy effect. It bothered me. High quality. High quality effects, like some Star Wars shit, right? Um, I mean, seventy Star Wars, sure. Um, I like the I like the pimp walk. They do that twice. That they do. They did that twice. Do you know why? The, oh no, they said it in the show. Never mind. I'm sorry. Oh, because his he was working yeah. Out, right? <laughs> I thought so, I thought that yeah. was like a behind the scene fact, but no, it wasn't. The Doctor Acula ones are always good. Oh, <laughs> or uh, Doctor Yanni Tor, because we haven't really talked about characters, but. Um, did you guys know when you were watching this, Chris, that, um, during the first season they were going to make the janitor cause if they didn't get renewed imaginary. Yeah. Cause it's weird. He doesn't interact with anyone else besides JD until like the second season. And did you also know, I'm sure you probably read this on one of the fun facts too, that, um, Neil Flynn improvs most of his lines. I did. That's actually one of my notes to talk about. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed to pivot to another show real quick that he's never been on curb. He seems like the perfect type of actor to be on curb. I agree. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, and I think we were talking about this, like they didn't do much after scrubs, right? Like they did Cougar town and I shouldn't say they, cause it wasn't all of them, but a lot of the cast was on Cougar town mainly because it's a Bill Lauren show. Um, and Krista Miller was on there because she was his wife. And I think... And a talented actress. What's up? And a talented actress. And a talent. Oh, she's great. I love her. Um, I'm just stating the fact. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Ted was on there. And there was someone else that was like a recurring character on Cougar Town. Um, but they haven't... The Todd, right? I think, yeah, I think Todd was on there uh, uh, several They did times. like a reunion show on there, essentially, where everyone came back for an episode, from what I understand. Never watched it. And then I think I think Neil Flynn was in that, like... The Middle. Abby's Place or something. He's on the show The Middle, right? Yeah, and he, yeah, I was going to mention that, too. The, it was a new Michael Shore show that I was super excited about with Neil Flynn and... Um, I don't remember the actress's name, but she was in Santa Clarita Diet and Parks and Rec. Um and they put a laugh track in it, and it just ruined it for me. I, I turned it off after, like, the first couple of minutes. So what do you think of that episode, My Life in Four Cameras, where they do scrubs in front of a studio audience? I, I, I mean, it's not my favorite, but I thought it was okay. Like, they got to play around with the, the format. I like the way Carla and Elliot were dressed. That was with Clay Aiken, right? Another, like, underrated guest star that doesn't get talked about very much. Um, one of my favorite... I don't know if this is a, I guess this is a fantasy. It kind of runs throughout the entire episode, but it's in the season six, episode 19, uh, My Cold Shower, where everybody imagines that they're married to Elliot because she gets engaged. 
so everyone kind of pictures what it would be like. Um, so it's like Dr. Kelso pictures it, and it's Elliot sitting across from him and just glaring at him, I hate you. And he's like, I know, I know. And then everyone just has like a different, completely different fantasy of what it would be like to be married to Elliot. And they did it with Turk. I mean, he was, he then started, you know, to sleep with the maid, um, which was Carla. Uh, Dr. Kelso had one, or I mean, Dr. Cox had one with her. Everyone sort of had their own fantasy of what it would be like to marry to Elliot. And I just thought it was, I thought it was a very funny little bit that they did. Did you have a fantasy of what it would be like to be married to Yeah, Elliot? but it was more like Turk's dream of what, what happens with Elliot when he, when he dreams about her. So it's a little different. Mm, okay. okay. Which is another great fantasy, by the way. Because that's, well, I guess that's not a fantasy so much as a dream, but still. I mean, for me, like, there's, there's, I don't know, there's like a, so many, I mean, because what, each episode's got like five or six different fantasies, probably. Oh, yeah. It's sort of, it's a lot like Family Guy in that regard. I, I feel like there are, like, there are a couple things that separate it. It's that they're often very short. And when they're long, they acknowledge it and make fun of themselves. Like, it's like, man, you were really gone for a while that time. Yeah, like Turk, like, sneaks, like, a hot dog into his pocket or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, what are you, who are you guys' favorite characters? So we're going to talk about characters, but I want to talk about, because I feel that there are a lot of great characters. So we're probably going to talk about more of the characters we love. Um than the characters we hate. So I want to start, start negative. On the, I want to start negative and then go positive. Can I just say that I think that JD is a fucking dick a lot? Oh, oh definitely. Sure. That's part of that. Everyone, everyone like hates a him. Fucking dick. They acknowledge that. Right? Like, for me, that really turned me off to his character, and I'll cite specifics, right? So you've got JD, who is this, you know, uh, goofy, immature, super sensitive guy, right? And like 99.5% of the time, that's him, right? Or, you know, he's serious good doctor, right? But then out of nowhere, for like no fucking reason, he just like flips a switch and becomes a total douchebag, right? So there was one scene with him and Dr. Cox, where he's like, oh, I want to be like you, but more successful. And like, and these aren't like JD, you know, shouting out something sarcastic or kind of jokey. Like he's straight up serious, right? Then he tells his brother basically that he's a fucking loser. Like when he says in his head, don't say it. And then he says it. Yeah. And then the other one, um, and I can get go on a whole tangent on this storyline, but basically when he breaks up, Elliot and uh, was it Sean? Was it Noah or Noel or what was his name? Sean. Sean. I think his real name's like Noel in real life. Anyways, he's Hungarian. They he breaks them up, and then like two seconds later, he's like, "Nah, bro." But that's his thing. He wants what he can't have. Then when he gets it, he's not satisfied. But his but his attitude was just like so off base. Oh, and then the other one that really pissed me off was it must have been like season six or seven. But basically, um, and and maybe it was after uh, um, JD had the kid, but they were trying to make the world's largest black doctor and they were going around with like the clipboard and they made these like uh, huge uh, stethoscope and blah, blah, blah. And like Turk is waiting outside like a good best friend. And then JD just comes up to him and it's like, 
nah, I'm not going to do this. We need to grow up. You got to stop this trick. You look like a you look like a freaking. Because Dr. Cox just went off on him. You you look like a freaking five year old, and it was just like such an asshole thing to say, and like that, you know what I mean? Because like I just feel like that just that one aspect of his character was just like I don't know. I'm not saying like he can't ever say anything negative, right? But just the way he said it in those scenes, just like pissed me off but it was like it was like consistent though like that's like at one point he wanted a guy to follow him around and to to sing whenever mistake whenever he was about to make a mistake because he does that shit all the time like he always steps he's sort of like dr cox in that regard where he sabotages himself a ton and that's a huge part of his character like i remember when he was when he was like trying to get with heather graham he like listed off all the things he was he's an egomaniac he's this with daddy issues and that and all these things that he is and he is those things, and at least he acknowledges, like, he knows these. But I don't think saying that like he did, like a fucking asshole, like really was true to his character. And I and I feel that they just shoved that in there to, like, do, oh, look what... He does it a lot, though. He doesn't do it a lot. He did it a handful of times, and it just... A couple times every season. It just really threw me off. Na- name the other ones that... I mean, because I'm not saying that, like, he does things like, you know, he, you know... Sure, he thinks highly of himself sometimes, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I'm talking about doing or saying something very specifically to hurt someone, right? Because his whole shtick is he's the caring doctor, right? It's established right from the get-go that he's the caring, compassionate doctor. And then he just goes straight straight up, like, you know, like, you're, you're pathetic, right? Like, that just threw me off. The other thing that bothered me about JD, right, and this was... This reminded me a lot about of um, Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother, right? You got a young, successful dude dating the hottest chicks. And I basically wrote down all the chicks that JD gets with. He's dating all these chicks and he's still whining and complaining about them, right? And I get the whole thing was the storyline was for him to wind up with Elliot. But just like, I don't know. There was like, are you about to talk about Mandy Moore? Oh, not just Mandy Moore. No, I know, but like the episode where he breaks up with her because she says that's so funny instead of laughing. I, it is funny though when she's, but like again, this is where he's kind of a dick. But it's funny because she's in the corner crying after he like goes off on her about that, and he's at the grill with Turk, and he's like, you know, it's funny. She's crying. She's not saying that's so sad. You know, he's he's a prick, but, like, it's part of his character. It's part of his DNA. He's that way. Yeah, and it's a complete it's a complete 180. Like, a couple episodes before that, like, he's talking about buying a house with her and all oh, They that. bought a half acre. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks up Tara Reid in her prime. You you were going to rewatch that? that well, episode, she was already Tara sleeping Reed with the break soup up with... Nazi. No soup for you. So he's, so he's, so he dated Tara Reid. Mandy Moore, Heather Graham. Well, they didn't really date. They just hooked up one night when she was leaving. I'll take it. That's right. <laughs> Krista Miller, Jordan, right? Well, everyone slept with her, uh, to be fair. Sarah Chalk, obviously. Most um, of these people, by the way, he was dating in real life, too. I just want to point that out, from what I understand. And Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Elizabeth Banks, she's one of my least favorite characters in the show. Um, 
I, I didn't first of all I didn't like her and JD together. I did think it was funny the storyline was she got pregnant without them actually having sex. Um that scene where he's I thought that was so I did too, stupid. but like the scene where he like he's like I talked to the girls up in gynecology <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and he's talking about how like and there was some dirty talk oh from her. No, from me. I I I find it really gets me interested and gets me going. And sometimes, you know, I just go a little too far. <laughs> it's a hilarious thought. But then her character with the bouncing back and forth of her moving and then her losing the baby and then all of a sudden they go to Phoenix and she's back with the baby. I I just absolutely hated it. Like I I thought she was the worst. I didn't I I mean she's incredibly beautiful and and super hot, but um to your point, yes. But I just I hated her character and like as and the the whole storyline too of like JD not noticing her through the whole show. Um, you know, it's like the first, they cut back to the first episode and she's like in the background. Um, the, there's one episode where she like comes in and turns around the x-ray during the intro is like, Oh, it's been bugging me for like three years or whatever. How many years? And it's like, shut up. We know it's all wrong. Everybody knows that, but it's like part of it's even Bill Lawrence, like tried to describe it once. He's like, just shows like how inexperienced these interns were. They didn't know what they were doing. So like they kind of built that into the show and then she like has to come in and rip it out. Um, speaking of the intro music, did you notice during season two that, I don't know if they did this on Hulu actually, um, but you notice like the first like five episodes of season two have a different intro. It's like an extended version. They extend the song. Everyone kind of spins around and everyone's involved in it instead of just JD. And they got, cause I remember I, I hit the DVD. So I used to watch the DVD commentary and Bill Lawrence was like, we got so much backlash from that. For changing the intro, they're like we had to we had to go back and recut everything and switch it back to the old one because people were so angry that they got rid of it. Which I mean, I agree with this. Though the new one was terrible, you can't just change the intro to a show right in the middle of it. But um, I don't remember where I was going with that. But yeah, yeah. If you if you had to pick a moment when Scrubs jumps the shark, uh, and I'm not saying that it did, but if you had to pick a moment. It would be the whole like Kim plotline trying to change things up, like messing with the intro and that sort of thing. Point of the show. It did lead to one of my favorite episodes with when his brother comes to town and he's finally successful. When JD's brother comes to town, I'm sorry, and he's like finally successful. He's rebuilding houses or you know he's renovating houses and he buys JD the car. And again, JD's a fucking asshole. He smashes the window. He's a super dick. He's like he's like you're the one that's supposed to be a loser, not me. And even his brother has to bring it back to reality. He's like, hey, get yourself together. Like, I did this because of what you said to me last time. And that was, like, a really nice moment between them. And he gave him the car so that he could go see his son. And they're, at the end of the episode, they're both driving to see um, the son that's named after their father who died. Which, by the way, another phenomenal guest star on that show. Um, what's his name? J.D.'s dad? He died. Uh, John Ritter. I love John Ritter because I used to watch that show eight simple rules eight simple rules i think was he on with kaylee cuoco well i think he died when the show was yeah, still on he did but i remember watching it his his son is in a bunch of stuff now and his son looks just like him really it's really weird like he has a goatee because i think that like without the goatee it'd be kind of freaky but that was just another perfect casting like his whole family i mean his brother was a great they look alike first of all which was weird they do look alike didn't didn't care for his brother oh, i loved his brother I just, I don't know. I just didn't care for his brother. I just thought that he, he came on too many episodes. I just didn't care for him. 
I thought he was only, I mean, he was only like four or five episodes. I mean, it wasn't that many. Four or five too many. He hooks up with Elliot and. I know. What a fucking asshole. But they're both assholes. They both have daddy issues. Their dad was an asshole to them. And that's why they're on my, that's why they're on my hate list then. That's what we were, that's what we were talking about initially. Shit, we were talking about characters. But I do want to make a comment on, because you were talking about how you hated Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Or not Sam, yeah, um, I hate Kim. his son. Uh, <laughs> I hate the mother of his you son. Probably, you probably do. Um. But um, what was so stupid at the end of the series where she, so she's supposed to come back to Sacred Heart and then she decides to go to another hospital for whatever fucking reason. And it was a big deal because he's like, I'm moving closer and it's 37 minutes away. Like, get get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Oh, 37 minutes away. Like, it would have been different if it was like, oh, she's in Seattle, and I'm going to go move back to Seattle. But you still needed to have his kid. Wait, I'm sorry. What, what, what do you mean, though? Like, who was moving? At the end of the show, J.D. was moving? Okay, so she lived 37 minutes away, okay? Right now, you're probably more than 37 minutes away from me, Dan. There's not a lot of traffic right now, but... Uh, true, because we're on lockdown. But you're probably more than 37 minutes away. Now, maybe... I mean, because they're in California, right? Well, we don't know that. So, but yes. right. Um, it's weird. Why did they ever confirm where they are? That's sort of a weird. I mean, they drove. They drove to Phoenix, so I do think they're in California. And they drove to Seattle. And the weather is always warm. The hospital's in San Diego, right? In real life, I thought it was in Hollywood. Oh, it could be. Because uh, they used, they've used it for a bunch of other reason. shows. Like it was. I remember watching an episode of The Office, like where I'm pretty sure they use the Scrubs Hospital when. Pam hurts her ankle at the company picnic and they find out she's pregnant. I was watching that episode and I was like, that is the Scrubs Hospital. And turns out it was. It's in Hollywood. You're right. So what pissed me off about that part was, so he moves, again, 37 minutes away. Shut the fuck up. Then he goes, oh, I need to take a job at the other hospital so I can be closer to my son. So you're your girlfriend, your best friend... And all your other closest friends and the place you've worked at for like eight years is 37 minutes away. So, no, 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 no. I can't. Well, he clearly makes the commute for season nine. <laughs> right. It's it's just like that was stupid. Like if they had made that where I've got to go to what I want to be closer to my son in Seattle or three hours away, I get it. But the fact that they were pointing out that it was 37 minutes away pissed me the fuck off. Maybe because we're from Chicago and 37 minutes ain't fucking shit. But like that just annoyed the hell out of me. Fair point. And plus, if they're in like if they're in California, everything is at least 37 minutes away. Come on. Get the fuck out of here, Bill. Yeah, not not a great excuse to have J.D. leave. But um, let's let's get back to characters. Um, Steve, are there any characters you like don't like? I don't remember where we left it. I know Chris wanted to start negative. I'm not sure if we were going to get back to positive, but I'm ready to go positive. I just didn't. I didn't like the Dorian brothers. They were on my list. We can switch to positive whenever you want, Dan. I was going to mention Kim, which I think we already addressed. Um, so if I had to pick a favorite, I'm going to go with the janitor. Um, just because he's so off the wall, but still grounded somehow. Um, and it's hard to be off the wall in a show with characters like Turk and JD, uh, but he definitely pulls it off. Yeah, I mean, there are like an insane amount of moments with him where it's like, this can't be real. But then he'll date, you know, lady and he'll, hey, lady, 
and that turns out her name is Lady, and he's dating her. So, like, and one of my favorite things he did was when he tried to convince Turk and JD that he had a twin brother. Um, that was ridiculous. He has a squirrel army that he traded for, you know, another version of Rowdy for um, Carla. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. The janitor is up there. Um, Quiz, do you know what he said his name was in the last episode? Glenn Matthews? Well, I mean, I was asking Steve. You just watched it. I did. Well, you should have said Steve. I mean, we were just talking. Um, do you know what? Sorry. Uh, sorry. No, I, I didn't remember. And then the the orderly or nurse or whoever walks by calls him something different. And I Tommy. Care. Yeah. Like, so who knows? If either of those is his real name. People have done like deep dives where because they show him in the co- the what movie is he in in real the, the future. I said the comic. Yeah. But they show him as that. And so they're like, so then his name is Neil Flynn because in that a, would make in, sense. he's like cop number two or whatever. And it's Neil Flynn. And then like, no, he just lied about that, too. Like he lies about everything. Um, how did they sort of close the door with him? He he was not in the final season, right? Or the ninth season. He had a cameo where uh, he was asking, I don't. I think it was Ted he was talking to, I don't remember who, where he's like, hey, when's, uh, or maybe it was Turk, he's like, when's JD coming back? It's like, oh, he's gone, he's never coming back. And so the janitor just like drops his mop and walks away and leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's like, and, and the fact that like everything harkens back to the penny in the door from the first episode, and then JD finally admits that he actually did do it, and he's like, I know, I watched you on camera. And uh, he had the penny on a necklace. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. Um, what is the what's the group that the janitor like heads up? The brain trust. That's one of my favorite like sub character groups of the whole show. Um, they get into. I, I love when they put out the newspaper, the janitorial. Um, it's a try daily, so three times a day. Um, and one of my, I'll go. I'll go a little negative. Um, one of my least favorite characters is is probably Dr. Kelso. Um, I I think he has some great moments, but overall, all he does is just abuse the hell out of Ted, uh, fight with Cox about nothing, and then he's like terrible at his job by the end of it. I mean, by, by the end of the show, when he's about to retire, not the end of the show, I guess he retires in like season six or season seven because um, they bring in Courtney Cox to replace him. Um, but he was, his suggestion box, it would be like someone slide in the door and it would just go down to the shredder and he was sleeping in his room. He was there for like one, one day out of the week. Like, I mean, he was a, he was a good chief of medicine at the beginning. He was doing rounds with everybody. He was very involved in everything. And by the end of the show, they just had him sitting in a coffee shop eating free muffins. And I just, I don't know. I, I just didn't think it was a good ending for him. I, I thought he was much better in the earlier seasons when he was more involved. Um, I don't know if that was a conscious effort to f- sort of phase him out, but it seemed like they did that over time, sort of. I, so, I don't love Kelso. Like, he's not on my, like, list of characters I love. But I did, like, a lot of aspects to him, right? I love that he was like, yeah, I, 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 I bang hookers all the time and my wife's like in a wheelchair and i want to kill her oh i didn't tell you Enid's an invalid you know and um his gay son do you know his gay son's name harrison and uh he's got a bordello up in like washington well and he's like he always he'll always pick out the meth dealer out of the crowd you line up 10 men harrison will always find the meth dealer you know i 
I actually didn't have a problem, you know, with him, like, you know, like, hit me. And, like, they would, like, Donnie would throw him a muffin or whatever. Like, it was kind of stupid, but, like, I didn't hate it. And then, like, when they did the Bahamas episode and he just, like, literally stayed at the open bar the entire time and just got drank Bahama Mamas. Yeah. Do you know who he was sitting next to the whole time? I think I got a fun fact you don't know. It's no one you would, I mean, it's no, I think he had one line in the show, but it, that is Bill Lawrence's father. Oh, okay. Interesting. Entire episode. Uh, because he actually, they lived on that Bahama Island. And that's where they brought the whole show to an island of like 300 people. They brought like 150 people and a shit ton of equipment, obviously, to film this. And it was uh, Bill Lawrence's family's island, essentially. <laughs> they like ran that shit. Yeah, I I actually did have him on my list of characters I love. Um, I I feel like they did a really good job of portraying that type of person accurately in that everyone sort of hates him and sees him as this money-hungry individual. But then you have other glimpses where it's like, oh, he's like that for a reason. Like, they need the money. He is really a decent person other than some of, like, the wife and kid stuff that we talked about. But... Like he, there's a, a method to his evil and it's really for the good in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's, there's one, one moment that stands out to me to, to your point, Steve, um, is when, uh, Brian Dancer, the soldier is at the hospital. And I think it's his story. Cause I think it's Dr. Kelso telling the story from his vantage point. Um, they sort of relate to each other because Dr. Kelso had served. He's got Johnny tattooed on his ass. Johnny's got Bob tattooed on his, um, and Johnny, he shanked me with a ship, uh, <laughs> shipped him with a shank. And, uh, so you, you have a nice dynamic between them and the, in the beginning, like Dr. Cox wants to be super nice to get everyone's attention. So they give him the company discount at the coffee shop. And then by the end of the episode, um, Sergeant Dancer reveals that private dancer, I should say, reveals that, um, they hated their Sergeant because they always focused on how they hated him, and that's why they didn't worry about anything else. And that's what a good leader should do. So Dr. Kelso goes in and takes away the employee discount, and everyone hates him, but they stop talking about the Iraq War right when J.D. finishes studying about it and then goes to talk to the janitor, which, by the way, the janitor fucking called it. He said, I think we should be looking for Osama bin Laden in Pakistan. He fucking said that on the show, and that's where they found him. Nothing? I mean, that's a that's a... What a call. Yeah, he does. There are glimpses. I know we already talked about the janitor, but there are glimpses of him like being very worldly and smart. And But he's the janitor, crazy janitor. Well, yeah, he janitor and he backpacked. He backpacked, cleaned his way across Europe. Yeah, I love uh, years ago. I read in an interview that um, Ken Jenkins, the actor who plays Dr. Kelso, said that he didn't understand most of the lines that his character was saying. Like he he just didn't get all of the like hooker jokes and and that sort of thing, which just makes it so much funny. Yeah, in that Q and A thing, someone sort of asked him about that, and he's like, "It was like three or four seasons in, and I finally went to Bill. I'm like, just tell me how you want me to say it. Like, I don't know what I'm saying, so just tell me how you want me to say it, and it'll be funny. That's fine. I just just tell me how to say it, and then Bill would go through it, and then he would do it, and it would be funny. Who are some of your who? What are characters you like, Chris? Who are characters you like? My favorite character is Turk. I love Turk. He just, I don't know, like, he's just a bro's bro, you know? 
And uh, it was just fucking cool. Playing basketball all the time. Hooking up with Carla. Being a good surgeon. Dominating. Eventually becoming chief. Uh, chief of surgery. I fucking love Turk. And we have the same name. So, Your, your last name is Turkleton? Did you say your name is Turk Turkleton? <laughs> That's a great Dr. Kelso. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's just I don't know. He was just like fun. And you think my name is Turk Turkleton? And I, I just I just love Turk. Um a lot of my favorite quotes are from Turk. Like he has a lot of good one liners. Do you so let me ask this, Chris. You like Turk, do you like Carla? Slash do you like them together? Like do they make a believable couple to you? I like them together. I don't hate Carla because I think that she brings so much to the other characters that I think that she is a necessary character, but I don't love her character standalone. Well, she never really does stand alone. You know what I mean? But yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. But I feel like she's like always in the mix. She didn't have too many, like, everything about her was, like, her, what's going to be Carla's reaction when Turk does this? What is Carla going to say to bitch out Elliot? You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they started dating so early in the show that it was, they didn't really give her character a lot of time to grow, not as a member of a couple. And, like, yeah, Turk also just never had any other interests other than her. So it's hard to see Turk with anyone else. So just like, yeah, okay. I was just about to say, I think that's sort of the way that they started them off so quickly. It was not a will they won't they think. It's they're gonna. And I think that that helped them as a couple in the show that made them more believable. Because it was like from day one that they were together. That Jay, or you know, I think there was at one point maybe like three or four episodes past when they start dating. Where JD's like, dude, is this like for real? And he's like, yeah, like she's the one. Like, so he knew it, she knew it. And that's what sort of frustrated me about, like, their first year of marriage. That was really difficult on them. Like, they almost broke up. They they were separated for a while. They were sleeping separately. Um, I That came out of nowhere because I think his Turk was talking to his ex-girlfriend. Um, and it just kind of came out of nowhere that they went from this really solid couple to this really hard to get through a couple. Maybe that's just because I've never been married and I don't know how difficult the first year of marriage is, but um, they seem to portray it as like the hardest thing that they've ever had to go through, but they came out stronger in the end. And, you know, and another one was that, that Carla had postpartum depression. That was a, that was a pretty tough storyline. And they brought in Jordan to sort of fix her. That was pretty good. That was good. Um, do you guys like Jordan? She was on my dislike characters list. I actually had her on my hate list and I took her off. And just left the Dorian brothers on there. Um, That's it? I mean, I think she's one of those characters that you're sort of supposed to hate. And there are there really aren't many of those in, in this show. Like, they sort of set her up as a, a nemesis for JD, even though, you know, he sleeps with her and that sort of thing. But um, My other favorite character is Dr. Cox. You didn't, didn't you name, like, three guys? I named two. I didn't say anybody. I just said who I didn't like. That's okay. Why do you like Dr. Cox? Everyone likes Dr. Cox. Who doesn't like Dr. Cox? Um, I mean, he's a pretty abrasive guy. He's not necessarily lovable, so I'm sure there's a, a certain fact of people out there that don't necessarily love him. I mean, I think that 
the fact that he was like, you know, obviously this fucking, you know, aggressive alpha male, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I think I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. And like, he just like stayed that way, like the entire time. And the times where he was vulnerable, which was, you know, very few, like those were really cherished moments, you know, um, like the one that stands out to me where he's talking to the board and he's given like the evaluations and he's giving JD's evaluation to the board. And he's like, you got to really watch out for this doctor. He's going to be great. He really cares about his patients. I think he's going to be like a tremendous doctor. It's all the things you don't think about, J.D. Right. And then, look, I'm not saying, like, I hate J.D. Like, I don't want him on the show. He's on your hate list. Right. Well, I, I preface it. Like, if you look at my notes. I, I can't look at your notes. J.D. in parentheses <laughs> sometimes. I look at your notes. I could share my notes with I you if you want. You. But it says J.D. in parentheses sometimes. Because there's a lot of J.D. I liked. But then there was very specific things that really, really bothered me. Um, but you know, Dr. Cox was like Dr. Cox, right? Like a fucking jackass most of the entire series. And then there's these moments where he turns around and he's fucking a really sweet guy. You know, there was another moment with him and, and Jordan and, uh, he was like annoyed. I think it was the Bahamas episode where they, he was annoyed that they like pretend to hate each other when they actually love each other. So he was just kind of sick of it. Um, and then obviously like in the real series finale of episode eight, not, uh, or season eight, not, uh, season nine where he kind of like gets tricked into like saying how he really feels about, um, JD and how he's a great doctor and an exceptional person and blah, blah, blah. Um, and JD's like really behind him listening. And he's like, I'm so overwhelmed with emotions. Like when JD fakes his death and he wants to stand and give everybody a hug for the final time. And Dr. Cox finally tells him he's a good doctor, but he turns out he faked his death and he's alive. He just wanted to hear that. I love when um, Turk and JD hug and like JD will say something super weird into his ear. Like they'll hug and like embrace super hard. Like you smell like an athlete. <laughs> I lifted this morning. <laughs> Um, I guess to piggyback off that, my I'll say one of my favorite characters is um is JD. Um, I think his the things you said are his negatives are actually what make him an interesting character. I think he'd be a super weird character if he didn't have this actual honest streak, or he could bring people back down to earth. Um, I think I mentioned earlier the episode My Fallen Idol, the fact that he's the one that could bring Doctor Cox back. Um, he sits him down and he says to his face, he's like. You know, I didn't come over here for one of these shifts because I made the excuse that you were drunk at work and I didn't respect that. But that's not it. It's that I couldn't see you like this because you're, you know, he, he just goes into the whole thing. And that's what brings Dr. Cox back. So he has these moments where, yeah, he's an absolute goofball. Um, one of my favorite things that he did was when he um, when they were playing basketball outside and he's like, all right, Turk, these are the last eight guys that don't know I stink at basketball. And he has this whole plan of how he's going to make a hook shot. Then Carlo's going to page him. He's going to run out. And they'll be like, so then there'll be eight guys that think I'm awesome at basketball and word will spread. And he goes and does a hook shot. It bounces off the rim and hits him in the face and knocks him unconscious. Um, and then Carlo, of course, right before it cuts out, Carlo pages him as if the plan is still on. 
Um, so there were things like that. Uh, yes, he was super goofy, but I, I liked the honesty streak in him. Um, and people always took him seriously. I mean, when he went off on his brother, yeah, he sounded like an asshole, but his brother was living in the attic of his mom's house as a part-time bartender. Uh, and JD sort of made him realize that. And then he flipped the script on him the next time he came, you know, like we said earlier. So, um, I, I think JD is a great character and he has so many levels and, the fact that he is a really good doctor and he's not just a screw-up, but he's a screw-up, but a good doctor um, is probably one of my favorite things about him. I have a question for you, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. Since you just watched the show and you're listening to this Scrubs podcast, does Zach Braff's voice in Scrubs bother you at all? Sometimes. You know what I'm talking about, Dan? Like, he's he's doing he's doing a voice in Scrubs. Like, it, that is not what he sounds like. No, I, I always found his voice comforting. If you've only seen him in Scrubs, which is probably true for a lot of people, you don't know that. But it's not vast. It's not vastly different. But he's doing a voice like it is not his normal voice. I wonder if he did that at that Q and A thing I was watching because I didn't notice anything different. That was from this year. I remember he was on Howard Stern a while back. I, I guess I didn't didn't register with me. I don't know if I would call it. And this is just you know you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him voice more that he definitely acts different where I feel that like, well, right. Whereas like, okay, so I started watching or listening to one of their episodes today. Right. And so it's, it's Zach Donald and they had Sarah on today. Right. And Sarah sounded like Elliot. Donald sounded like Turk. Right. But Zach sounded like Zach. He didn't sound like JD, right? And I, you know, I agree with Steve. They sound different. I don't know if he's doing a voice or a different persona, but they're definitely different. They're definitely different, you know. Um, And, you know, like I said, like I was a huge fan of um, Garden State when it came out. Supposedly he was like trying to do a Kickstarter to do... Garden State 2. No, it wasn't Garden State 2. It was a second movie that he was going to direct, and he did, and he they released it, and it was... I don't I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember at the time I was super into Scrubs, so I was following him pretty closely on Twitter, and they raised the money, and they made the movie. I don't think it did much. It wasn't a Garden State 2? No. I think... Wasn't Donald Faison in it? I think so. Yeah, I bet he, like, he has a daughter, or he adopts a daughter, or, or something to that effect. I never saw it either. You guys should really listen to their podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna after this. I'm curious about the voice thing at this point. Like they go into wish I was here in 2014. They, um, I don't, I don't want to tell too many of their stories just because I don't want to ruin it for you. But like, they go into like, because the only crappy part is they're going episode by episode, right? And um, I mean, they're doing two episodes a week, so I mean, I guess it would take more than a year to do the entire series. Um, but uh, they've already had Bill on and they had Sarah on, but they're just like talking about the auditions and how they were like, how Zach was a waiter, like while he was auditioning for the show. And they talk about the whole, they talk about the whole second Becky thing a lot with Sarah and how Donald had a, uh, uh, clueless money, but he like spent it all, 
and uh, they were all fucking broke as hell, and they like really needed the job. So yeah, it's 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 a good listen. Yeah, because they're Donald Faison and Zach Braffert like legit best friends in real life, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. No, they're legit best friends. They're legit, like they're in real life. They're best friends. Like they were saying something that like Donald got married in Zach's backyard or something, and they hang out all the time. Zach Raff was saying in this Q and A that he loves to send gifts of himself from Scrubs to people, like reacting to something. Like that's like his favorite thing to do is, or he'll just like search or something, and then Scrubs gift will pop up. It's like, oh, I guess I'll use that because that's that expresses my feelings right now. That's pretty wild. Like imagine having having a library of re- rejection, oh, wow, reaction gifts of yourself. That would be awesome. But I was gonna ask, does Elliot appear on a, anybody's list? She's yeah. sort of in the middle of both lists for me. I mean, I, I like her. She's critical. I think she's, I think Sarah Chalk, I always want to call her Sarah Chalky. Um, Sarah Chalk is, she's a great actress, but. I just found out it's Chalk and I've always pronounced it Chalky and I just found out that it was Chalk. I would have said Chalky too. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think a lot of people say Chalky and it's one of those things where she probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah, at this point, probably not. But she's also probably famous enough that you probably should know by now if you watch her stuff. Which, speaking of which, I mean, you mentioned the other Becky's things. What are there any other roles or anything outside of Scrubs that you know? Like, I mean, you mentioned um, Garden State and uh, Clueless, but are there anything else that these guys are in? I mean, I guess Doctor Kelso was in like everything in like the seventies and eighties. He was in literally everything. If it was on TV or movie, he was in it. Well, wasn't um, Cox in like Platoon or something? Yeah. Right, he was in that like one really famous one, and Wild Hogs. Yeah, he might break seven platoon. In- um, I loved Donald Faison in Remember the Titans. Oh yeah, that's such a great movie. Petey Jones, running back, the running back, y'all. Also, did you guys know that um, Fortnite uses Donald Faison's poison dance? In the game, they 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 literally were just talking about that on the last episode. Yeah, he wants to see his money. That's awesome. Yeah, they were talking about that in the Q and A thing. But I guess Bill Lawrence like gave him permission. But like Donald Faison's like, I came up with that on the spot. He's like, I'd never even heard the song Poison before that, and I just stepped in and just started doing it, and that's what came out. Yes. And people are like, can you do it again? Can you do it? And it's like, no, I just did it right there, and that was it. <laughs> so supposedly, uh, his method was to not read the script beforehand like you know like most actors would read it like oh i gotta go do this on tuesday so i'm gonna go read it like the wednesday before and i'm gonna read it all weekend and run lines i guess he wouldn't he would just go in like right before scene and like see his line and a lot of times because he didn't read the script he'd have no fucking clue what the story is and especially since they like they usually don't film an episode in order. It's usually filmed out of order. So, like, he'd be standing somewhere with, like, JD, and he's like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, because he had no concept because he didn't read the script. I think eventually I think eventually he read the script, but but I think that's good, you know? I feel like that would be so annoying to work with. Well, yeah, but, like, to work with him, though, and be like, dude, you just have to read the script. It'll tell you exactly what we're doing. <laughs> like, that's an interesting technique. I like Elliot. But then there was a lot of like, there's a lot of times they like make her out to be this like needy, crazy person. But I always saw her as this like, you know, strong female doctor. Um, 
Her her best episode, in my opinion, was the My American Girl episode, where she like finally turns the corner and realizes she's not this baby that needs to rely on people. She gets the haircut. She comes in and tells the um, the other doctor off to get him to pr- finish the procedure that they needed. And Tom Petty, American Girl, plays while she does that, which is just another awesome song choice. Um, oh, you know what I was going to ask you guys? Love or hate Todd? Yeah, I'm fine with him. They probably overused him, but I'm fine with him. In the beginning, I hated him. Like, I, I thought the whole high-five shtick was going to get annoying. Um, hey, JD, how's your penis? But uh, I don't know, like... I got I got used to all the perv jokes and, you know, sexual harassment. I loved when you would see him, like, hiding around the corner, and he's like, I'm waiting for my moment. And then someone's like, oh, this sausage is huge. Yeah, it is. And he's like, people think that these just I just stumble upon these, but they put a lot of work into this. <laughs> or, like, how any time, like, a, a two chicks were about to kiss, he, like, always would, like, appear. Wait, something's happening, guys. He, like, shows up the one time with, like, soap. He's all soaped up, and he, like, just ran out of the shower. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Todd. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't know, I don't know if I would say I love him, but, yeah, I think Scrubs has a very strong stable of side characters, and I think that's important in a, in a show like this. Yeah, Dr. Beardface, Snoop Dogg intern. Um, Beard- Ted, Ted is great. Yeah, Ted is. Do you know, as the here's sad a fun one. fact. Do you know who uh, Ted's uncle is? Who Ted is the nephew of? The character or the actor that plays him? The actor. I don't know that. Christopher Lloyd. He's Christopher Lloyd's nephew. Interesting. Oh, yeah. From Back to the Future? Sam Lloyd is is his name, right? Yeah. Yep. From Back to the Future? No, the other Christopher Lloyd. There's another Christopher Lloyd? Yes, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. All three? Yes, all three. <laughs> this is the same actor. They didn't pull a, a, a second, second doc. It's funny that you. It's funny that you made that joke because I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Modern Family, but there's a guy who is a producer of Modern Family, and his name is Christopher Lloyd. And mm. when I was watching that show for like mm. the first four years, I'm like, oh my god, it's like the Back to the Future guy, totally different guy. All right. Um. So let's let's try to pull this back around. My my one question for you guys is when you check the episode ninja list. Um, did you agree with the top five? Because I think I, I am of the opinion that this is one of the more accurate top fives I think I've seen on uh, on your site. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, the only one I mean, I think my finale is great, too. Like, I usually get pissed off that the finale ones are up there. Um, but I think in this case, it was, again, the perfect ending to the show. Um, my last day and that one doesn't really strike strike me as a great episode but again i'm i'm sure it is i just haven't seen it in a while um and then number four my screw up and number five my fallen idol i mean that's a murderer's row of episodes what would you guys give scrubs overall we got to do quotes first oh i'm sorry yeah let's do quotes go ahead see it's an important quotes show uh probably my all-time favorite is uh carla says to turk uh, why is there a pancake in the silverware drawer? And he says, "Why is there a pan- why is there silverware in the pancake drawer?" <laughs> yep, I loved. Uh, this isn't really a quote so much as just Turk and JD being idiots. But when they when JD moves out, they try to decide where Rowdy goes. And they sit him in the middle, 
and they both stand on each side and start yelling for him. And JD's got like a massive stake. And he, come here, boy, I'll scratch your special regions. <gasps> I love their relationship with with Rowdy. You guys probably already know this. So you know how there was two dogs? Yes. Yeah. Do you know the reason why there was two dogs? No. So um, they fired one of the prop guys like the second or third season. And the prop guy got pissed and he hid Rowdy like in the <laughs> ceiling. And that's amazing. They, they found him right away. But then they wanted to write it in. But then they were like, well, we should have a second dog just in case this happens again. And someone steals the dog because that's like a big deal. And uh, fucking they wrote it in with the whole like janitor thing and uh, Steven. Right. You know, and then like JD can tell the difference by feeling the balls or whatever. Um, and this is actually the one story. This is like the one story that I will um, uh, share from their podcast. So I don't ruin too much for you guys, but I think it's really funny. So I guess the one thing that Zach Braff wanted from the show, because the actor's like, well, takes, you know, memorabilia from the show, is he wanted Rowdy. Like, he told Bill, I want Rowdy, blah, blah, blah. And Bill's like, sure, that's fine. I don't care, you know. And the network refused to give him Rowdy. And then, like, he, like, pleaded and they said no. And then I guess he was doing, like, um, I don't know if he was doing, like, a, a TV show or a movie or something. But he wanted to do an Easter egg and he wanted Rowdy, like, in the background. And so he calls NBC or abc or whatever and says hey i want rowdy as a prop because you guys have him and they said fine but they sent like a security guy with rowdy like it was the stanley cup or some shit that they were so worried that somebody was gonna steal rowdy and you know donald's like well you definitely would have stole rowdy and he's like well yes but that's not the point um but i just find it funny that they're like you've gotta we gotta bring a security guard with fucking this stuffed dog because someone might steal it I mean, I would if I got the chance. Um, some of my favorite interactions were between JD and the janitor. Um, this one's real quick. Um, it's actually the we referenced the episode where they see um, the janitor in the in the. Um, God damn it! What movie is that again? Fugitive. Fugitive. Thank you. Um, JD like runs up to me. He's like, "You're an actor." The janitor fires back. "You're a fireman. What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> like it's just that quick. It's. It's that quick, but it's just absolutely hilarious. What are we doing? I actually have a very similar quote on my list where uh, they're looking at a globe and like kind of a running joke is JD doesn't know anything about politics or geography or anything like that. And so the janitor's like, oh, point out China on a globe. And he points at Iraq and the janitor's like, that's China. JD's like, you're China. And the janitor says, that's an outrageous accusation. (laughs) I say yeah. that's an outrageous accusation pretty frequently. <laughs> um, I like I also like I mean, Dr. Cox with the insults were always good. Those are super long monologues, though. Um, but he used to sign twice, I think, in one episode and then later in the episode, My Deja Vu, um, where he's talking to um, Elliot because he always called her Barbie. He says, Barbie, did, why did you order this test? For the love of God, are you a doctor or? Are you a real doctor or a doctor like Dr. Pepper's doctor? Hmm? <laughs> I, I had that on my list, too. Um, the other line I like from Dr. Cox a lot is, I love this moment so much, I want to have sex with it. Um, I always love, too, like, that. just the fact that Dr. Cox had, like, 
special nicknames for everybody. Obviously, um, Elliot was Barbie. Um, Turk was Gandhi. Um, so in this quote, he's like, I'm Gondaroo. I need to talk to you. Pregnant black girl who will not let me call her mom. Why would she listen to me? I may have told her that you were Kanye West. And he was walking. <laughs> I might actually be okay with that. Uh, my favorite Kelso quote was, um, ah, the old gal down at the pharmacy doesn't know I've retired. So she still hooks me up with free morning after pills. <laughs> My my favorite Dr. Kelso line is JD says to him or says to Elliot, he's like, Look, Elliot, this is the episode where he has the um where he has the electric wheelchair and he's gliding all over the hospital in between rooms. He's like, Look, Elliot, I've got my own problems. I don't have time to deal with your little sex pickle. Dr. Kelso, really? She spent two years dealing with yours. <laughs> Just drove right past. <laughs> Someone's gotta get rid of that thing. I, I grew up on the street. No, not the hood. The Sesame Street. <laughs> One of my favorite moments too is when um, Turk, like, or no, JD asked Turk like about some lyrics from "Ain't Nothing But a G" thing, and it's in front of Heather Graham and Elliot, and JD, or she's like, I don't remember what the lyrics were, but she's like, Donald Faison explains, he's like, well, essentially, you know, the African American community is undernourished and they have to eat ho hos and all these other things and. And Heather Graham's like, actually, it's about this, this, and this, and bumping on those, you know, and all this, and basically just schools him. And then Carl's like, wow, you just got schooled by the two whitest girls in America. There's so many good quotes from the show. And like so many, like, again, like, you just don't really think of, like, the thing I said about the janitor and JD, like, you're a fireman. Like, that's not that funny, but it it, it is. Like, in the moment, it's absolutely hilarious, or if you know the characters. I miss you so much it hurts. I think that might have been from the first episode. You remember that? Which one? I miss you so much it hurts. Oh, when yeah. When JD's talking to Turk. When he wants to move in with him. Oh, can I also say that, like, I was really annoyed that fucking Turk and Carla never got a house. And they stayed in that fucking apartment, like, the entire show. Well, that's because those rooms were in the hospital. So they just moved up one floor. Interesting. Like nobody gets a house besides Elliot in the end. No, they were no, they stayed in the original JD Turk yeah. apartment. Well, they said they were gonna that's why they kicked JD out. But Dan, you're saying those if in real life the the apartment was in the hospital and that's why yes. they filmed there. Has, okay. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. No, no, no. Uh, like no. if you the, no, no, but if you, you look at it, yeah, if you look at it, the doors are exactly the same as the hospital doors. You, like it's it's the same. Huh. It's hundred percent the same. And I, I never just, caught that. I, I'm not trying to be sneaky. No, I, they mention it in the podcast, but oh, okay. No, JD and Turk's that's apartment. That's what I assumed. It's they said it was like they built it near the storage area or some shit like that. Um, it's a small little space, but everyone else got a house. Elliot had a house, JD had a house. Like, why did everyone else have a house, you know, and they didn't have a house? And they had two kids. It just bothered me. I don't know how to answer that, but I just, for whatever reason, thought of this quote that's one of my favorites. Um, it's when JD and Elliot are living together, and Elliot's really bad at pranks. So JD would go in and, like, dump a cold bucket of water on her when she's in the shower. And when JD's in the shower, she, like, throws a raccoon in there, <laughs> and it, like, scratches him up. And the next day at work, he, like, has to take off a shirt for whatever reason in front of Keith and turns his back, and he's got all these scratch marks all over. And he's like, oh, good God, what is that? And he's like, those, Keith, are the scratch marks of the adolescent raccoon. 
and who until animal control arrives will be taking up residence in my bottom drawer. And then Keith like takes his shirt off and he's like, here, take mine, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Dorian. And he's like standing there, obviously completely cut tan looks completely different than JD without a shirt. And he looks like, you think you're better than me with your dynamite areolas. <laughs> I hate Did you guys... Keith. I didn't mind Keith actually. Fuck Keith. I liked him. I liked when like JD would participate in their foreplay where he was the Mexican apple thief. They <laughs> made the applesauce. Keith, <laughs> Mexican apple thief. Your tongue was cut out. You don't speak. Yeah, there's just too many good ones to to, to list all of them. I also love that uh, Elliot would say Bajinga. Yeah. Bajingo. What the hell is a Bajingo? <laughs> you have a penis. And the fact that she can't poop when or she can't go to the bathroom when someone is talking to her outside the door. Elliot's got a lot of weird quirks. So, overall, what would you guys rate Scrubs? I'm going high. 9.6. Woo! Wow! Scrubs is one of one of my all-time favorite shows. My goodness. Okay. Okay. What do you got, Chris? I'm going to go 8.2. I'm going to go 8.2. It's definitely something I, I... I mean, obviously, I just finished it, but I loved watching it. Uh, I love the characters. Um, I mean, I don't know if it could... Because there was a lot of, like, um, you know, scenes where it was dated, and it slightly annoyed me, whereas I watch other shows that are definitely dated, and they don't bother me. Like, I could probably watch Seinfeld in 40 years and still be completely fine, even though it's fucking older than Scrubs. Um, I don't know if it was just, like, the shit with, like, the cell phones and things, and some of the... Well, Turk had the bye 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 as his ringtone. Everybody loved it. You know, it. like, I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, like, a show without cell phones seems less dated to me than. To, to be fair, though, I mean, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to argue or anything, but, like, they do sort of bring in the smartphone thing when Dr. I don't remember what season it was, but when Dr. Kelso goes back and he, like, sees a patient, it's that, it's that really large woman, and she basically, like, needs to see a dietitian and she needs all this, but. She's got her smartphone, so she's on Google. She's like, yeah, I have this. I, I know what to do. And he's like, ma'am, I, I graduated first in my class. She's like, actually, you graduated, like, 57th. And, like, she had everything on her phone. She's like, what is that magic doohickey? And what? And why does it know so much about me? Like, they sort of introduced it in a in an offy way. But, yeah. yeah Palm Pilot. But it was still, I mean, it was browsing. She was able to get these answers. That is true. Um, that's that's interesting. I I felt like this show has aged pretty well, and maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times. Uh, but even like some of the cell phone technology-related jokes still land. Like the uh, I quote all the time, like "Call Turk" when the voice assistant isn't working. It's like that's even more relevant now than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And it wasn't just the cell phone stuff. It was just like I don't know some of like the. And maybe it was on the earlier seasons where it was like very '90s, like the the where um, Elliot had her like, I guess, kind of like Rachel haircut or whatever. Um, there's probably several episodes uh, where people are wearing chokers. Um, hey, those are bad. Hey, that it's gone yeah. full circle. That's yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean, I gave it an A two. That's a strong score. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, I agree. Um, it's interesting the 90s references because it was started 2001, but... No, it did start 2001, but what I'm saying is... You know, the, the stuff that started in the 90s carried over to the early For sure. 2000s. For sure. Um, I would rate Scrubs at a 9.3. Um, definitely one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, it's one that I think about... The One of the reasons I think I like it so much is because I think about it even when I'm not watching it. And that'll be like, I'll see a story on the news and be like, oh, I wonder how they would have handled this. Because like they have an episode where it's like my quarantine, or they have an episode where... Um, there's like a mild or there's a bad strain of like E. coli and they're like oh my god whenever this happens on the news the hospital's rushed so like they have to deal with that and that's the one where they meet the writer from Cheers uh, but anyways um, so when I watch the news now I'll see like a story about COVID-19 or coronavirus and I'll be like man I wonder how Scrubs would have handled this or I wonder what Sacred Heart would be like during this. Like, I, I know it's stupid, but, like, I think about this show a lot in terms of, like, real-life situations. And I think that's why it stuck with me for so long and why I own all the DVDs and, and watch it pretty regularly. Definitely in my top five TV shows of all time. Yeah. That makes sense. I agree with that. I would love to see, like, our ratings from other shows because I, <laughs> maybe I put in, like, the... <laughs> Yeah, we, we really should really should. track this. I feel like we like I, I accidentally just rated Scrubs. Right, like I might have just said that was better than yeah, The Office, but <laughs> what was your score on that? Nine point two. Wait, no. I mean, I think to. I said you said nine point three. Yeah, to be like, I mean, I think Scrubs dipped in quality a little bit towards the end, and obviously there's the ninth season, which even I, I'm a defender of, but we can all agree it's not as good as the other seasons season um, six was really strong i mean it yeah it was consistently very good for the entire show which is hard to do with 20 episode seasons and stuff like that and it's because the cast had such great chemistry the they always had the best guest stars i mean they just there was always something next for that show it seemed like until they got to like the eighth season but again i feel like they had that been the actual finale which again i i just say it is but had that been, I think it would rank up there as like one of the best finales ever. Um, and I think they did a really nice job with that. So, um, with that said, if anybody has any comments or anything we missed, check us out on Twitter. Well, one thing oh. I did miss, I missed off the list of uh, JD's romantic interest, Amy Smart. How could I forget? Was she Gift Shop Girl? Um, no, she wasn't Gift Shop Girl. Um, I mean, Doctor Cox hooked up with Heather Locklear. Oh, I love Amy Smart though. Amy Smart, she was in like what is Amy Smart? In? She like gets naked in like Road Trip, <laughs> and she was in Butterfly she's Effect. The, she's the tasty. Oh, oh she's, she's TCW. TCW. Uh, that's it. Yeah, but that makes sense why he hooks up with her. She's just at the hospital all the time. Mm. At at she's, the funeral. Mm, TCW. Mm. 